It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, folks, and we're glad to welcome you back to another episode of Humanity, where Amelia is always wrong. And today, apparently the topic is uh, soda that I have grievously aired on. Indeed. I'm Table, the other co-host. But yes, a few days ago, or maybe was it a week ago? I don't know. I have goldfish memory. But... Amelia had said something on the lines of soda isn't the devil. And Table was on the way home and he had gotten to the house and realized belatedly that he kind of wanted a soda on the way home. And he's like, but, you know, I didn't get one. I was like, why not? He's like, I don't need soda. I was like, soda's not the devil. And then yeah. that just started this entire debate. Mm-hmm. And this is just like more of me being in spite. And trying to get at Amelia and being like, no, no, soda's not good. Or it could be self-denial that I truly want soda, but I'm just denying myself. Either way, I did the research and I thought it was a good reminder of everyone. It's like smoking or drinking alcohol or swimming with stingrays. You got to know the facts that there are risks. I, I suddenly thought of Steve Irwin, you know? I know. I know that's exactly where your mind went. As soon as you said stingrays, I'm traumatized. That's the only thing I think of. I know. I got to speak to the people. And uh, for those too young to remember, Steve Irwin, you might know his children, but he was like on Animal Planet and he was like the best show on there. Like he always had this really good charismatic presence and he would wrestle crocodiles but be so gentle with animals at the same time like he truly was like i don't know a beast master you know a real living beast master do you remember the first episodes of that show though like the real crocodile hunter some of the first episodes were right after he and terry got married and they were literally on their honeymoon in the bush and what 
Yeah. And like he was saving remember. her from like taipans and red belly black snakes and like teaching oh. her how to wrangle stuff and here get a big limb. That's how you deal with it. And it was fantastic. That Good is stuff. awesome. That is awesome. Well, as much as Steve Irwin just brought back so many smiles on so many people, maybe, hopefully. We're going into soda. And soda, you know, for those out there, I like to educate people like they don't know anything, like a four-year-old. And soda is usually a liquid that is carbonated with water, which is that bubbly, fizzy stuff that you might see in liquid. It can be called soda water, sparkling water, fizzy water, club soda, or even a seltzer. But what it actually is, it's water dissolved with carbon dioxide gas, either artificially injected from pressure or naturally occurring due to like geological locations like, you know, hot springs or natural Mm -hmm. fermentation. Like champagne. Yeah, exactly. So the word soda comes from the word sodium. So that kind of makes sense from natural spring water because that's where kind of they started seeing this. But yeah, generally in the U.S. and Canada, soda is known as pop soda or Coke. Yeah, we call it Coke in the South. Like if you're going to get a Coke, it's a carbonated beverage, a Sprite, a root beer. You want a Coke while I'm inside? You know, I personally cannot say what we say up here in Washington because I don't drink soda. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you, You know me so well. Okay, so... Basically, all over the world, scientists agree you got to stay off the sugar. And that's because 184,000 adults die each year, including 2,500 Americans. And this was written in 2015 in the magazine Circulation. But basically, the researchers at Tufts University found that 133,000 deaths were from diabetes, 45,000 from cardiovascular diseases, and 6,450 from cancer. And that's the crazy thing about soda. Unlike alcohol and tobacco, which, you know, if you think about it, it's like a lion and a bear. Yeah, they're going to kill you if you're in a pit with them. But then soda is like a mosquito. Not every bite is going to kill you, but that one bite could be malaria. And so it could put you over the edge. Exactly. It's kind of got the sinister, like, you know, um, insidious nature. It just creeps up on you. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks for that. Anyways, the crazy thing about today's world is that majority of the deaths that you see from sugary drinks are around developing countries. Almost three fourths of the deaths actually Latin America especially has one of the highest death rates, Mexico being top of the list. But they have a whopping, and I mean, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. But they have 404.5 million deaths per year, while South Africa has 153.3 million. So already from first to second, that's a huge jump. That's like less than half. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then it's Morocco with 123.8 million. And then the U.S. actually isn't that bad. It's, I mean, it's bad, but still not that bad compared to one, two, and three. We are still fourth, though, is 24.9 million. And a lot of this, I'm, I'm guessing, has to do with diabetes, especially, and heart conditions and things like that that come from soda. But 
you got to think in developing countries, they find luxuries novel. So yeah. whenever you can afford a soda or you can afford something sugary, you're going to take it. Well, I'm going to just say it out there that a lot of the mainstream sodas you see out there, they're like drugs, G-rated drugs. You know, if we're going to talk about PG or PG-13 or, I don't know, R-rated being like alcohol and tobacco, sugary drinks are pretty much G-rated drugs because sugar is addictive. Processed sugar, if you keep having it, your body starts craving it more and more and more, and then you develop a bigger sweet tooth. And not just that, but most soft drinks now, there's only a small fraction that don't have caffeine in them. So that's like a double whammy. Mm -hmm. Caffeine is also addictive. Exactly. And I'll go into the combination of things later on. One random fact, I actually don't know why I put this in the notes at this point, but it's random, but it's still kind of funny to know. That's probably why I wrote it. But on the site called medium.com and written by this clever fellow named Raghav Mittal, probably butchered it terribly, but he wrote about this one part that I had to share. It was about how soda machines were more likely to kill you than a shark by four times. But then they had described a soda machine that is fully stocked falling on you would be the equivalent of three Dwayne the Rock Johnsons, you know, just jumping at you. And Mash. it just gave a perfect visual whatsoever. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was funny. So one of the more realistic and a lot of these examples that I found were extreme. You know, people actually dying from soda. But it was all due to the fact that they drank way too much soda all at once and pretty much exploded. Yeah, literally, because of the carbonation. You know, If you shake up a can of carbonated beverage, it's going to explode. Yeah. Imagine yeah. doing that to your body. Exactly. So three liters can burst your insides, but five liters guarantees to burst your insides. That's pretty much 14 soda cans. If you drink all at once, yeah, you'd be guaranteed that you're gonna die because if your stomach explodes, it leaks out, you know, stomach acid into your body that dissolves your other organs. Like that's mm -hmm. just. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so there was a few that you know, a girl was forced to like drink soda, and so like she died, and the parents went to prison, and then there was like other people that just pretty much just drink too much. This is why I don't overeat. <laughs> yeah, but I did find this new case, or I mean this certain case. In New Zealand, a 31-year-old mother of eight died drinking 2.2 gallons of cola a day. She was so addicted, she pretty much had rotten teeth. One of her children, they were born without tooth enamel. And basically tooth enamel, for those that don't know, is that thin layer covering the tooth. It's translucent if you actually shine a light through it, but it's the toughest shell, hardest tissue in the body. And it covers it up and it protects you from cavities. And I'll get into this later a little bit more, but basically, you know, with soda, it eats that away. It's like a raindrop on a rock. You know, each drop, it just slowly, you know, yeah. erodes the rock. The mother apparently consumed more than two pounds of sugar and 970 milligrams of caffeine a day. Experts say that even 500 milligrams of caffeine per day is dangerous. That's crazy. Yeah. Basically, even the coroner after her death wrote to Coca-Cola and said, 
if it hadn't been for Coca-Cola, she would have survived. But she apparently even had like withdrawals and stuff. So it was like a, a real addiction. And part of that is the sugar and part of that is the caffeine. Because I know like anyone with a caffeine addiction after not having one drink is going to have a headache. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. Another fact to add is if you drink a soda a day, like every day, you're going to see about 15 pounds added to your weight per year, apparently. That's a lot. Yeah, that is. But before we go more into it, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of like go into the history of soda. Yeah. It's kind of like seeing where it started, but it's not too old. It's in fairly, I would say, recent history. But it starts in 1760s, so it goes back about, like, uh, more than 200 years ago, I guess. But 1760s, carbonation techniques were first developed. So it wasn't until 1740s, William Brownrigg was the first person to aerate water with carbon dioxide. But he was more mm. of a scientist, so he, he was also someone that discovered platinum as a new element. Wow. But either he was too much of a scientist or he just didn't know how to monetize it. It kind of left it there. Yeah, he was just excited about it. He didn't try to sell it. Yeah, yeah. Though it wasn't until 1767 that Joseph Priestley invented the carbonated water by accident by infusing water with carbon dioxide after having a suspended bowl of water above a beer vat at the brewery in Leeds, England. So it was that natural process of mm-hmm. carbonation yeah. through fermentation that exactly know, discovered by accident. Yeah. I mean, and, and then like he was, he just saw the water bubbling. He's like, I'm going to drink it. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> this is kind of cool. You know, which is again, like talking about dudes in science, they just, I Oh, know, right? this is new. Let's put it in my mouth. Like why? Maybe that's why guys find more discoveries because they're dumb enough to just dive right in you know maybe that's why more guys die making discoveries because they dive right in gamble big you know this is either gonna kill me or make my life complete you know (laughs) so anyways he then later developed it which featured a bladder between a generator and an absorption tank and you know a flow of carbon dioxide And for those that are just trying to visualize what this might look like, just think of a contraption that aerates carbon dioxide with the water. It's like one of those, uh, what do you call those again? Oh, uh, soda stream. Yeah, soda streams. So now they're like those soda streams, but primitive, you know. Yeah, real primitive. Then again, it wasn't until 1781 where they started being produced on large scale. They, They basically... Industrialized everything. Yeah. I mean, this was... People, not everyone had access to this fizzy water. Then in 1835, the first soda water was bottled in the U.S. Once it got into the U.S., we got pretty fancy with it, though. You know, we started adding wine to it. They would put flavorings to it, sweetener. Mm-hmm. The U.S. pretty much knew how to make, you know, anything good back in the day. Yeah. Sell it. Yeah, they would sell it. It was popular during the 18th and 19th centuries because they were flavoring it with real berries and fruit and blah, blah, blah. You know, you you pretty much had a fruit and you can have a flavor like pineapple, orange, lemon, apple, pear, plum, you know, you name it. They had like 
gooseberry and melon flavor. I would love to try like a real melon flavored soda. If it was like from like a honeydew. Yeah. Like if a it was sweet, like, kind of light. Mm-hmm. If it was like 200 years ago, yeah, I would try that out. Because now like anything watermelon flavored just tastes so toxic and sh- ugh. Yeah, those companies that make those chemicals, it's multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar business probably just because like Coca-Cola itself is a multi-billion dollar business. I think and on one episode we recorded, I mentioned like having this watermelon sangria that I bought and the fact that it just tasted so chemically that I, I ended up having one glass and pouring the rest down the sink because it was just terrible. I mean, it's it's awful. Anything fake melon, except for maybe like the watermelon suckers that look like little watermelons. Those taste really good. And then... Just little tidbits of things that certain people might actually find interesting or might be a fan of. But in 1851, ginger ale was created in Ireland. And then for root beer fans, in 1876, it was mass produced for public sale for the first time. The cola flavored was then introduced in 1881. And then Charles Alderton in 1885 invented Dr. Pepper in Waco, Texas. And Dr. Pepper is absolutely disgusting. I personally am not a fan, but it has a lot of history. I mean, having 23 flavors, Dr. Pepper through the ages even advertised itself at one point as a warm beverage drink. So imagine during the holidays, you know, everyone getting, you know, together and they're just like adding lemon to their, it's like a tea, you know. Adding lemon to Dr. Pepper? Yeah. No. You would put a slice of lemon in and... Would you ever try it, though, if someone served it to you? Just to see what it's like. I mean, yeah, to not be rude because it was served to me, but it's not anything I'd ever ask for. You should try it this Christmas. You should try it. Just. Do you want to heat up Dr. Pepper and put lemon in it? For and... science. For science? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it this Christmas. New tradition! Yeah. Warm Dr. Pepper with lemon and everyone hates us every year. We'll record it and then we'll... Uh, Recording it for posterity. For science. Yeah, we could record it for science. But moving on, in 1888, the most probably rock star of all soda, John Pemberton, the man who made Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola today, once again, all over the world. It has dominated the soft beverage. Yeah. You know? There's like a soda being bought every second around the world. This man started it all. He lived a very full life. And it might not all be rainbows and sunshine, but I would say he kind of lived it. And also, I mean, from what I learned through this, he wasn't just interesting. He was a genius. Like He was super smart. I don't know. I would say he was like a super genius, but he was definitely smarter than the average man back in the day. I was hoping you'd say bear. Smarter than the average bear. Oh, smarter than the average bear. But yeah. Yeah. So Coca-Cola over time, it's bought out different flavors and whatnot, but it all started on July 8th, 1831. In Knoxville, Georgia, Pemberton was born and spent most of his childhood in Rome, Georgia. Long story short, he was kind of born with a silver spoon. I mean, his parents were wealthy, lived in a mansion and whatnot. But he basically went to a medical college in Macon, Georgia. 
in the 1850s at the age of 19. He got his medical degree and his main talent was in chemistry. And obviously he practiced some, uh, I was about to say magic, some medicine, <laughs> surgery. And ultimately he, you know, opened up a drugstore in Columbus and became yeah. a pharmacist, you know. And it was kind of like, you know, the typical, like you wear like the pharmacy clothes and the whole place, everything's behind the counter and stuff. But then the American Civil War happened and he served on the 3rd Calvary Battalion. At this time, he was part of the uh, Confederate Army for those unaware of geographical locations, but he was there. But he, he even achieved the rank of lieutenant colonel. So he was a doctor and a lieutenant colonel. Yes. So, so. I'm still sticking with super genius. Okay. He, like I said, above the average man, he's not like a general. He's just you know, a <laughs> lieutenant colonel, respectfully. But during the battles in April 1865, he sustained a saber wound during the Battle of Columbus. And in that time, they basically, you know, gave people morphine to ease the pain. Well, he got addicted and it goes with him for a long ass time. And that was, we talked about that in the drug episode. That's when morphine mm -hmm. like emerged was yeah. they had syringes now and they could refine opium. And it was the first time they ever used intravenous drugs on a battlefield to treat soldiers. Mm -hmm. So in 1866, he is smarter than the average man because he's seeking a cure for his addiction. You know, instead of succumbing to it, he has enough willpower to be like, I need to get off these painkillers and I need to go into like morphine free alternatives. And he's a pharmacist, so he can, you know, pretty much get different things and make different concoctions. He can experiment. He can try out lots of different things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of pharmacists back then were trying to make, you know, new elixirs and new things. You know, that's where you saw traveling medicine men selling little bottles and potions, you know, supposedly fix it all. His first recipe was called Dr. Tuggle's Compound Syrup of Globe Flour. It's a handful of a name, but I was about to say that is a mouthful, and it looks like there's a lot of ingredients to go with that mouthful. Yeah, it's kind of like the medicine you see today, where it's just like the list of symptoms is ongoing. Yeah, this is just the list of ingredients. Yeah, it, it's like a potion, I swear. He eventually created a recipe that contained extracts of cola nut and damiana, which he called Pemberton's French Wine Coca. That sounds fancy. It was fancy. It was supposed to help people with drug addiction, depression, mm -hmm. alcoholism, you know, for those war veterans just like him, women, you know, it was it was like the cure-all. Yeah. But he wasn't a very successful medicine man that could sell these concoctions, but he kept going back trying to find alternatives. But then on April 1888, at his pharmacy on 47 Peachtree Street, Atlanta, he blended the base of syrup with carbonated water by accident when he was trying to make another glassful of the beverage. And instead of pouring it out, and it, it was a large batch. It Again, wasn't just a single, you know. Let's go back to the, instead of just dumping it out, he was like, oh, I made a thing. Let's put it in my mouth. Yeah. No, well, he went the next step. He was like, I'm going to just bottle this up and sell oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's even worse. Once again, there weren't departments out there that regulated stuff. Yeah. You could pretty much produce anything and go out there and call it whatever and sell it. 
but instead of making it a medicine, he kind of passed it on as like a beverage, you know, but it's a fancy beverage. It's not like it's a medicine beverage. And so people started trying it and they loved it because it was bubbly. It had all these coca flavors and whatnot. And he made tons of health claims for his product, you know, from alerting the brain. And once again, this has cocaine in it. I, I forgot to mention that the medicines have cocaine. It's got cocaine and cola nuts, which is like double whammy yeah. stimulants. Mm-hmm. Obviously, anyone that is having headaches, uh, exhaustion, or, you know, they need to calm the nerves. Drinking this is going to be like a red I'm sorry. Bowl. How does this calm your nerves? I don't understand. I don't, I don't know. He, I, I'm pretty sure Pepperton, you know, he probably was a excellent businessman you know salesman just out there i mean i get the headaches i get the fatigue exhaustion but calming your nerves this seems like it would do the exact opposite yeah i don't know that's what he would say but soon coca-cola hit the market and it boomed but dr pepperton fell ill and nearly went bankrupt by the way he still has a morphine addiction so as he's doing all of this, he's sick and desperate, and he starts selling rights to his formula to his business partners in Atlanta. He basically had a hunch that it would one day be a national drink, something that everyone would be drinking, which came true. But he attempted to uh, retain some shares to his son. He wanted his son to at least have something before he passed on. And Pemberton's son wanted the money. So in 1888, Pemberton and his son sold the remaining portion to a fellow Atlanta pharmacist, Asa Giggs Candler, for $1,750, which in 2020 would be probably $47,230. Honestly, that seems pretty cheap. Like that's the cost of a lot of cars right now, much yeah. less a company patent. Unfortunately, though, for John Pemberton, his grave can be found in Columbus, Georgia. He died of stomach cancer at the age of 57. Still kind of lived a long time for that time, I would say. At the end, he was pretty much living in poverty and the addiction to morphine took over. You know, he never was able to kick it. So he's still addicted to morphine when he died. That's awful. So his son, Charlie, continued to sell his father's formula. But then six years later, just like his father, well, not just like his father, but he died because he had an opium addiction. So, yeah, addiction seems to run in their family. And maybe it's because he was going around selling the formula and whatnot, because, you know, this was like hush hush stuff. Like, you know, it's a secret. But in 1898, Caleb Bradham in North Carolina, in his own drugstore, he created Pepsi. And then in 1902, it became a trademark. By 1907, only five years after, there was 40 factories with the Pepsi syrup producing 100,000 gallons per year. But then it was around World War I, and sugar prices went up and down, and with the poor business decisions... They went bankrupt in 1923. Of they did. Yeah. So all of these, it's just tough times, you know, being a businessman is just hard. So Pepsi was bought at an auction, but then it got uh, bankrupt again because the oh, Great God. Depressions happened in 1930s right after the war. 
And after, you know, some shuffling around and whatnot, it produced uh, the 12 ounce, five cent per bottle Pepsi, paving the way to the product's success. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, they did a bunch of slogans, like twice as much for a nickel, because, you know, people are still affected by the Great Depression. So the light refreshment, taste that beats the others cold. You've got a lot to live. (laughs) <laughs> I like that one. You've got a lot to live. Don't die. <laughs> but yeah. So after that, uh, in 1899, the first patent was issued for glass blowing machines. And that's where you see the iconic like sodas and the bottles and stuff. By the 1920s, the U.S. census saw more than 5,000 bottling plants across the U.S. And in the 1920s, and this is where the deaths start happening. <laughs> the first automatic vending machines dispensing soda into cups started to appear. Thanks, Industrial Revolution. Yeah. And then, you know, I thought it was iconic, but three years later, 1923, the six pack comes out. So, you know, what you see that you can carry your six pack, that's when it came out. Called home packs. Yeah. But then, you know, once again, humans have to just keep getting evil. In 1970s, we started using plastic bottles for soft drinks. Poor ocean. Keep getting evil cracked me up. Like, humans have to just keep getting evil. Yeah, if you look at it, it just becomes more and more evil. Because then in 1994, you start seeing studies that sugary drinks are leading to weight gain. In 2001, Americans spent over $60 billion on carbon and soft drinks. So everyone's like, oh, this is so good. And these companies were making a lot of money. So they just kept pumping it out. And the first connection with type 2 diabetes and sugar-sweetened beverages consumption was published in 2004. So more and more people were starting to notice that sodas were linked with weight gain. By 2009, weight gain in children and adults were confirmed. At the same time, the tax rate of 5.2 on sodas went on. And over Mm -hmm. 33 states implemented this tax on soft drinks. Just to try to get people to stop drinking them. Exactly. The relationship between sugar-sweetened beverages intake and hypertension was confirmed by 2014. And not too long ago, in 2019, so like, what is that, like three years ago, in a study of 80,000 women released by a journal, Stroke, it was found that postmenopausal women who drink two or more artificially sweetened beverages per day, carbonated or not, were linked to an earlier risk of stroke, heart disease, and early death. Wow. So basically, soda so far has done nothing but bring money and evil which is a lot like the devil i can't not laugh every time you emphatically say evil well you know i have to villainize it or else it's so tempting yeah but it's gonna be funny if the next commercial that you guys hear is a soda commercial i'm gonna have to listen to it for that yeah yeah i want to see this all right we'll catch you in a bit Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So welcome back to Humanity, where I table and Amelia we're debating, we're not really debating, discussing about sodas. We were just talking about uh, sodas throughout history, how they were kind of seen as medicine, cure-all, you know, stomach pain, yeah. uh, alcoholism, impotence, uh, opium addictions, whatnot. But now in today's world, we see soda for what it truly is. Though it's still a big part of our culture. I mean, there are sodas with the most weirdest flavors ever like bacon candy corn turkey and gravy curry cucumber <laughs> i mean i've seen cucumber before it's not bad i wouldn't mind cucumber yeah, yeah. But black garlic onion grass white fungus brussels sprouts white fungus sounds like something that goes between your toes yeah like, i don't know why you would want to drink that there's also ranch flavored soda yeah what do you think are the most unhealthiest sodas right there on the market um my number one would be mountain dew root beer uh red cream soda just because it's got red dye in it Mm -hmm. well here are the top five in 2010 study of the worst so starting out five mellow yellow i've only seen those in pictures off-brand mountain dew yeah but number four is mountain dew But number three comes with Fanta Orange, the Nazi drink created in uh, Germany back during the Nazi times. Because they couldn't get yeah, because they couldn't get Coke formula there because of the war, so they created the new flavor. And I just think of the Telemundo commercials. Don't you wanna? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, That's all I think about when I hear Fanta. But they did a really good job of advertising that. They did. I still remember it is amazing. Do you wanna wanna Fanta? Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. Anyway. So number two was Wild Cherry Pepsi. Mm. And then coming first, if you drink this, I am sorry, but Based on caloric, sodium, carbohydrate, and sugar content, it comes in as Sierra Mist Cranberry Splash. So I have a rule where I don't have any kind of ice cream that is more than one word, like vanilla, strawberry. That Those are what I'll yeah. have. This drink is like a... It violates all yeah, the rules. Yeah, it's, it's got too many words. It's a soda. It's got too many words. It's got cranberry in it. Like, it's red. Yeah. Violates all the rules. And and that's because also anyone that drinks soda diet or not tend to have more fat around their waist. And this was, like I said, since Dr. Pepper times, they've been putting it into our culture. I mean, like Coca-Cola, Santa Claus, today's Santa Claus is based off of Coca-Cola's image. They made everyone wow. think, you know, before he wore more folkish clothes. And they turned him into, you know, the red hat, red fur, you know, white fur, I mean. The fat man that drinks too many cokes and becomes so fat. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing is, soda a day can age you 4.6 additional years. Wow. 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 So, you know. So glad I don't like soda. Yeah. I, I mean, like, this is 
and I'll get more into it, but like, it's also not good for the environment. Obviously, a yeah. car driving, the exhaust is worse, but the carbon footprint of a typical can or glass is it has to go through a factory, you know, mining all the resources. And then it gets left behind and not recycled. Yeah, exactly. And like from beginning to end, it doesn't really have a good system. Once again, it, it's not good for your body. So basically, there's a lot of myths about soda as well. Like it's not as bad as like certain acids. Physically, it does affect you. It will harm growing bones. Or even if mm -hmm. you're older, it will not help your bones with the sugar content yeah. low on nutrition. It sucks out a lot of your nutrition. And there's a reason why. Just like how it's the little things in life that matter, or it's the small insults that build up and eventually take you down. There's a lot of chemicals in soda that do similar things. For all you diet soda drinkers and, I don't know, health nuts, you might have heard this word. But for those who haven't, aspartame is a found chemical in a lot of diet sodas and other foods but it's this miracle chemical that they found that they found it was a hundred and times more potent than sugar, but it had no mm -hmm. calories. So it sounded like the savior of soda drinkers. But right. it turns out there's a large portion of people in the world. I mean, I think it's like one hundredth or one thousandth of the population, but you don't yeah. know this until it happens to you. But they can't break down the aspartame and it turns into a chemical known as phenylalanine. So about a 120 pound individual can consume about uh, 15 cans to reach the threshold, but a lot of other foods have aspartame as well, which means that, and a lot of soda companies will deny, you know, you will ever have that much in your body at one point. It takes about 300 days 300 days so that's like almost a year for yeah. your body to metabolize but like it can build up so if you think about it if you drink a soda a day multiple sodas a day and you're one of those people that are allergic to aspartame this buildup will lead to confusion memory loss facial pain seizures weight gain depression hearing slurred speech cancer type 2 diabetes non-hodgkin lymphoma and leukemia. I mean, wow. this goes on. This is like one of those like, you know, disclaimer things. And it's like, if you consume this product, you will get this. Blah, 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 blah. But the worst part is it has caffeine as well. I mean, it's a cocktail drink with 150 to 250 milligrams can be deadly if consumed in large quantity. On an average, 50 milligrams are in each can. So think about that. 150 to 200 is deadly. And one can is 50 milligrams. But obviously, you know, if you drink enough, it could kill you because we talked about this earlier. It has gases and it will rupture your insides. But here's the interesting part. And this is specifically Coca-Cola, but it also applies to anything that has similar means. But when they advertise Coca-Cola, they simplify it. They just say carbonated water, sugar, high fructose corn syrup, caramel color, phosphoric acid, caffeine, natural flavors. But here's the crazy part. We all were looking at the sugar and the high fructose corn syrup. And we're like, oh no, you know, not high fructose corn syrup. Or what's the natural flavor? 
Well, it turns out the caramel color is the deadliest part of the mystery. The crazy part is that FDA was like, oh, you don't have to list them. You can just say like it's caramel color. You know, <laughs> you can just say it tastes like color because in the caramel color is chemicals known as, okay, so I'm not going to try to impress you guys. These chemicals in here, let's just say they sound like a wizard spell. I'm going to just say that, but in abbreviations, they're known as 2MI and 4MI. They're known as carcinogens that make up a warming color. Like when you taste that and you're like, mmm, that warmth, you're tasting cancer, you know. Uh, Europe cares about <laughs> this its This is people. a taste of cancer. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> cancer this is the flavor good. of cancer. Cancer always tastes good. I mean, barbecue. The next time I drink any soda that is dark, that's exact. I'm just going to text you and be like, mmm, mm, I taste cancer. cancer. Yeah. So the U.S. government doesn't care as much as the European ones where Europe, they don't allow this. And the U.S., the corporate has paid legislative or whatever people that decide this enough to build a different story saying that, you know, like, at one case time, it's okay. But once again, this is building up. You know, they're not looking at it over the decades. They're looking at it like case in point. Can you drink 10 and not die? Yes. Okay, you're fine. I don't know. Your stomach might explode. Yeah, it might explode. You drink 10 and I die. forget about the explosion. But for those that are going, what is a carcinogen? It's basically an agent that has the capacity to cause cancer in humans. And you're going to hear a lot of things can give you cancer. So before you have a panic attack, just be healthy, have healthy choices. And you can also have anti-cancer, you know, like turmeric, honey, you know, there's, there's good foods out there that will help you. Blueberries. Blueberries. So it's not over. The fight still continues. So yeah, for those that also need a little bit more of a visualization, a 12-ounce can, you know, those cans of Coke that you see, they're 39 grams of sugar, which is nine and one-third of teaspoons of sugar. I don't know if you guys bake or anything, but that's that's quite a bit of sugar. It's at least, it's probably a third of a cup. Oh, just imagining, like, trying to drink just sugar sugar is I just disgusting. literally imagined, like, putting it in a measuring cup exactly. and dumping it into my mouth. Exactly. And also to know, it would take 50 minutes of running or five miles to burn the calories of a 20-ounce soda bottle. So, like, you better be active that day because whatever you don't finish off, that's adding on. So one study found that 48% of sodas from, you know, this is disgusting, from fast food fountains contain coliform bacteria, which is associated with fecal matter. I have Ooh. no idea how that happens, but it's resistant to 11 types of antibiotics. Uh, yeah. That's so. Well, to be fair, most things you touch every single day have fecal matter on them from your cell phone to your toothbrush to enough. I'm just, I'm just saying you are just, just saying, just saying. Okay. (laughs) The average American drinks about 50 gallons of soda per year. Wow. That means that someone out there is making sure you're drinking your soda. Cause you know, like for those that drink like one to two to three, you know, a pack a day. Mm hmm. Those people are averaging out, you know, all the other peoples who don't. Yeah. So keeping your cells young and healthy is the key to a long life. 
but soda is linked with aging your cells a lot faster. Like I said before, you know, it's like four point something half years of uh, your DNA just like withering away, which is comparable to smoking. Yeah. So once again, soda doesn't directly kill you, but it leads to obesity. And it can also create vitamin deficiency. With all the uh, carbonated drinks, it has phosphoric acid, which can deplete calcium. We're just one big blob of chemicals. And depending on what you put in, different chemical reactions are going to happen. And once again, dental decay, because, you know, the high sugar and fructose and all the enamel erosion with the high acidity, you just, you want pretty teeth, you know? (laughs) You want pretty you, teeth. You, you just you, yeah, you want you, that. You won't go wrong. You won't go wrong with that. We got chronic health diseases. I mean, the list goes on. You remember type two diabetes, caffeine addiction, and here's the other crazy thing. So you already got like uh, caffeine and sugar and these chemicals that are bad for you. What do we also do with sugary drinks? We mix it with alcohol. That just makes super concoction. Yeah, You know, alcohol breaks down into sugar, so that's even more. You know, it's just like boom, boom, boom. Let's just go with like a vodka sugar-free Red Bull. You've got aspartame, you've got caffeine, you've got taurine, you've got booze. Mm -hmm. Let's go for it. There's also chemicals like benzene inside some soft drinks. That's also known to be a carcinogenic. Causes cancer, but everything causes cancer. And before, everyone's just like, you know, I, I just... I just want to tell you, I'm not like a super anti-soda person. You know, if you drink a soda a day, no, you're you're probably not going to die now. Now. You might not have any of these symptoms because there's preventative measures and, you know, you, you exercise, you... I still feel like a soda a day is excessive. Like, I drink a soda maybe every couple weeks. I will have a soda invited to a barbecue and everyone's having a soda. Then I'm like, uh, but I'll usually go with like a Sprite or something as not mainstream as possible. But I always love water. Water is like my favorite drink. I'm a fan. Yeah. And then it's Arnold Palmer's. Just love that. I'm just saying that a soda a day is excessive in my opinion. And I'm saying soda (laughs) Could be the devil. I mean, I mean you know, I like uh, how my head is, you know, connecting this is soda. You know, you're going like Da Vinci Code or like uh, National Treasure, Nick Cage, like just going through the past and going to the natural springs and then going underneath the natural springs and you see demons boiling the water inside earth and now it's going to paranormal stuff which by the way my next podcast will be a conspiracy episode but it's dedicated to a certain person named horror oh yay but that's just a quick shout out just a quick shout out out. but here's my thing with the with the soda thing your national treasure demons can be boiling water in the earth's core that becomes soda but Mm -hmm. you know Everything in moderation. I mean, oversleeping, undersleeping, moderation, overeating, undereating, moderation. It's true. Moderation. Substances of any type, moderation. Like, I would have to agree. The long story short, it's also just a reminder for everyone out there that, you know, 
if your kids are kind of having a lot of soda or you're going to go grocery shopping, maybe, you know, replace it with something healthier every now and then. Capri Sun is not healthier for the record. Although delicious, (laughs) Capri Sun is not juice. And juice isn't even that healthy because most actual fruit juices that you buy over the counter, over the counter, like it's a drug. What is wrong with you? (laughs) most of the fruit juices you buy in a store like just on the shelf are just sugary sweetened concentrates that are filled with dyes i mean yeah there's not a whole lot of unless you go to the produce section you're not gonna find fresh juice it's true but i hope everyone enjoyed this episode at least a quick reminder of why you know you might think twice and if I get assassinated, or I mean, if I quote unquote die by you get suicided, episode, or or before this episode airs, you know why? You know why? The soda companies, man. It was that big soda. Just in case. Big soda's out to get us. I, I just realized, like, if I don't tell them who it is, like, it's you always see that in the movie. It's like, why didn't you just tell them right there? If you knew, you know, like, why? Why? Why did you? <laughs> They're have gonna to- get me. Who's gonna get you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would just say it right out. I'd be like, Coca-Cola's going to get me <laughs> and then get killed. We're not that so, important yet. No, we're not yet. Yet. But if you like what you heard today or just overall just vibed with us, please hit that subscribe. And you can follow us on our other social handles like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Patreon. We got that up any support and love we would greatly appreciate this is something that both amelia and i have been working on week by week whether we were sick or tired yeah or hungry or comments you know we love feedback and whatnot how do you feel about soda now i feel the same like i'm not gonna stop having root beer every now and then but i've never been a huge soda drinker never and everyone's like, oh, you want to lose weight? Cut out soda. I was like, cut out what soda? I don't I don't and drink like, soda. Oh, and they slowly take stuff. You oh, you're just run. fat. Cool. Yeah. This is just your natural state of being. You're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> <I'm big bone. laughs> but I mean, like mostly it's it's alcohol, which does turn into sugar, but it, yes. it's not that much. Like, it's not like that's my only source of liquid. I drink a ton of water and coffee that doesn't have sugar in it. Like, I put cream, but not sugar. I don't sweeten well, things. caffeine dehydrates you. And I still drink a ton of water to make up for it. Then you have water retention. Oh, my God. Cancer. No, I'm just joking. Okay. Well, that's enough rambling. But hope you guys enjoyed and catch us on the next one. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.